Motorcycles and Misfits coming to you from where's it coming from? The where? Recycle Garage. Where is it? It's in sunny Santa Cruz. It is California, USA. And it became sunny. It did. Lovely. Eventually, we actually got sun. Yeah. It, it qualifies as sun. This 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 time of the year so far, it qualifies as sun. Well, yes, I mean you know it's it's changing in, in between the rain the rain squalls yeah. <laughs> in between individual raindrops. There was sunshine. Um. We got a fantastic show for you tonight. We have an absolutely marvelous show. Um, but before we get started, I'm going to let you know who's in the heist. Who's in the heist tonight? In the house? We have somebody stumbling in right now. No, we have hey. a late come. <laughs> we have a late. He's not in the house yet. So we have. I can't see who it is from here. Asian. Oh, a- it's a mocklet. No, can you hear Asian number one in the hallway? Asian mm-hmm. number two, Henry. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, hey. Working the board and just looking fabulous <laughs> in a motorcycles and misfits t shirt and nothing else except for a smile. Is Bagel. <laughs> yeah, Bagel. We should, every day. You should wear pants less often now. <laughs> who, me? It's an untrousered bagel. <laughs> I just noticed Bagel has no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> and his schlong I would like to party with <laughs> Meanwhile <laughs> Meanwhile Sitting to the left of me The one, the only The great Morgani Morgan Vetter Good evening everyone Hey good evening Good evening And sitting next to Morgan Dude, you know they got an ice cream named after you at uh, Bellini's downtown? What? They have the Great Morgani. They have an ice cream named after you. What's it? What's what's in it? Espresso beans. Good no, s- no. no. And, and a guy that wears costumes oh, and no plays good. the accordion. Um, I'm okay with that. I just I just don't like coffee, so that's that's a no. Mm-hmm. That's Jim, a no. would you would you like to explain yourself? Who are you? It's naked Jim. I'm just also not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Jim seldom wears pants. They both pants. forgot to wear pants today. <laughs> one, one day at a time. Um, and that's the late and the latecomer and the latecomer is now at his station scrolling through his phone. Normally, are you going to turn the volume down? On normally, knocks the quickcomer. Do vote Joe, that's what they call me. <laughs> you don't like that's a premature. You don't like that premature. You like mature. Hey, You're I mat- come I come at the right time every time. I'm mat- <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, my knock, theory. Knock, here's what I'll say to you, because the first time I've seen you today, MotoGP, son. Dude, it's the shit, right? Dude, it's the shit. Okay. Nice. We'll talk more. Yeah, we'll talk more. Yeah, you're going to just bore everyone with MotoGP talk. Yeah. Hi, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> All right. Got back good. from SF. So that's it. Nothing more boring than motorcycle racing. Am I right? Oh, true. <laughs> Where is Liza? Liza is missing. Liza is in England as we speak. Well, she may actually be on her way back over yeah, the pond I mean, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think she is. But nevertheless, she was in England this weekend at the Ace Cafe for the Wur Wur yeah. um, and the Wur Wur Rur Rur event. Is she yeah. recolonizing or uncolonizing? Or decolonizing? How does that work? I think she's if, if decomposing. <laughs> no, I mean, um, if anybody's had the opportunity to see the picture from pictures from the Ace Cafe this weekend, looks like it was a big do. There was a yeah. lot of people. Right, there. I'm check that out right now. Um, 
And of course, yeah, don't uh, participate, Nock. Just reading your phone the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Nock's not going to participate. And of course, our dear friend, a dear friend who conducted her interview from her bed. Elspeth Beard yes, was mm-hmm. there, um, one of the keynote speakers, as was Liza. Indeed. So, yes. So it's a, it's a big do. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I texted back and forth with Liza just a couple of times, and yeah, I think life is good over across the pond. Yes. Yeah. Is she going to do uh, the whole Speedway thing? Did she do that yet? Oh, Anybody, I want to hear about that, Have got any that, updates though. from her yet regarding that? that no, be, she might be dead. That might be why, why we haven't heard. <laughs> you know, she might be crumpled racing. underneath the Speedway Liza, bike right now. when's the last time you high-sided? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Were we going to talk about where we're? Because it's actually kind of cool. They started, yeah, I mean, what, it about started. 10 days ago yeah, or a week exactly. ago up it in started, Scotland. And um, it's gone through Scotland. Um, Ireland? There was Northern snow. Northern Ireland, there was snow. It's well, I mean, it's, it's, it's not snow. even really springtime yet. Yeah. Um, it, it's been everywhere. Yeah. Oh. So and it's, it's going cool. even more places. No, it's it's it really is wonderful. Yeah, so now it's I am actually going to hold off on a lot of deets about Wurwur because... Liza's going to want to talk about this next week. Oh, she's going to come back with all kinds of you stories, think? I bet. <laughs> exactly. So I think we're probably going to dedicate most of next week's show to Wur Wur and yeah. Wur Wur Ro Which is cool. I'm stoked. It looked like a really good kickoff. Like they had a really good start off, and yeah, it'll be fun to watch. I'm excited. Right. And you know, it's it's such a great concept. But we'll we'll save that to next next week. What did we do today? I had tacos. I don't know what you did. I know you had tacos. And, That's important. Um, we, well, we might as well jump in. Why weren't you here at the garage today, Not? I was in San Francisco kicking off MotoGP at my friend's house. We uh, Tell us all about it. It was great. It was a good race. Uh, the feed, the video feed was crapping out on us, but like we we made it work. Anyways. Uh, Dude, did you have that problem in the beginning? Everybody did. What the fuck? Uh, well, yeah, so, it was okay. a shit show from the so, get-go, um, it worked I out hear Joe, I want to hear Brodo GP's response on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a multinational, multi-million dollar uh, media company who couldn't anticipate that there was a fuck ton of people who was going to blog in and uh, you know watch the very first race because it's been uh, uh, build as this hot thing because it's like the new year, you know, new Fucking riders, GP, yeah, new bikes, the new libraries, and all this bullshit, and and uh, and. They, they couldn't like accept feeds. Like they, they, they Very good. people weren't able to log and watch it for yeah. like the first okay. thirty minutes. So for the so. Um, for the MotoGP challenged amongst us, mm-hmm. um, first race of the season. Where was it? This was in Qatar. In, I uh, thought it was Qatar. Yeah, it's they race at night because apparently it's just too gnarly to race in the daytime, and uh, they were having issues with with the dew point and all. Mm. Wow. It's a very finicky thing, this racing situation. Yeah. And well, like, you I, know. I, I hear that the track temperatures have got to be exact. Well, for some people, yeah. Some yeah. people manage to ride around them. Other people, uh, they can't really win unless they've got the right conditions, okay. you know. Um, 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 so, who, who scored the first goal? Who scored the <laughs> It was a the, slam dunk. Uh, it's the San Francisco uh, Sharks. Oh, the San Francisco Sharks. The whole, <laughs> it was a hole in one. It, it definitely nice. wasn't the rookie. Mm. What was that rookie's name in the second row? Oh, uh, Vinales? No, 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 no. The rookie who... Um, Morbidelli? Okay, so no. this is a... Uh, what, what the fuck do they call it? A... Uh, a motorbike If race? you don't want to hear about the race, don't listen from here on oh, out. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. But there was a rookie who started on the second row who came up through, uh, uh, you know, MP, you know, up through the ranks. There's a whole bunch of those. I can't yeah, remember. Second row, but he stalled out on the start. Ooh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't know what you're that talking sucks. about. Yeah. Nasty business. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, um, it was a good race. I, uh, I hear one of my countrymen did rather well. 
Cal Crutchlow did. Yeah. From uh, Britain. Third. Third place. Nice. Um, it's also good way known to start as the season. Yeah, also known as Salty Cal, because uh, mm. he's always uh, kind of straightforward with his words and uh, doesn't hold back <laughs> like a true Brit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, and, uh, Emma, yeah. Much, much like Emma, very reserved. Right. Yes, not terribly reserved. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, Bit of a wanker. <laughs> Third place. We won't say who won first, but uh, it was. It was not him. It was not him. Was an American. It was not an American. Oh, I see. There is no, there are no Americans in GP as far as I can yeah, tell. Not wow. since, not yeah, not in the premier class. Not since a while. But yeah. You know what's cool is all the manufacturers were represented. Yeah. Um, and it was cool because they had a lot of uh, riders change teams. Right. So you had a lot of different people on different bikes. You had. Well, you know, I mean, the the Japanese have uh, manufacturers have done this for years. They pump so much money into R and D. It's like no yeah. one's really truthfully left behind because if somebody gets ahead, the others are just biting at their heels well yeah and it, they it, can catch up so quickly so just because you're not competitive in 2016 doesn't mean you're not going to be in 2017 yeah. and just because you're leader of the pack in 17 well guess what who's waiting for you in 2018 so you know you always get this great mix-up yeah, well we, and part of it too is like um kawasaki doesn't run a doesn't run a bike in gp right but they do run a bike in world Superbike. yes and i know that yeah. thing apparently and kicks ass yeah. and super competitive yeah well we won the last three championships you when know, i so. was watching world superbike um at uh, laguna seca last summer it says uh, zx10 that came in first mm-hmm. um and that thing oh my god yeah, it's it pretty wild sounded wild yeah. oh my god there's well, nothing on the track that sounded you know like what's that fascinating thing. about MotoGP now and, it, and it's kind of always been the case is, is the difference between first at least the race today the difference between first and fifth place mm-hmm. was like a like a second yeah right. like you Probably know it's a second, so competitive quarter of a second yeah Amazing. and what makes that difference and um but it's funny because em and i during the week we'll text back and forth pictures typically of barry sheen mm-hmm. yes exactly and i love to think back about the two-stroke guys when they were racing at this level you know, like the 500cc right. two-stroke bikes. And I think about the comparison. And today, there's no doubt it's dangerous and it's refined, but it was so much more dangerous back then. But here's a sobering thought. Barry Sheen won the championship in 76 and 77 with not only less horsepower than you're riding with right now, but way less horsepower. I mean, you're talking about 120 horsepower. But they, but yeah. they were still doing what, like was, 160 was, miles an oh, hour. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's all... Well you, well, you get up to a certain point, and it becomes more about streamlining than anything else. You yeah. you, you basically hit a wall. And, you know, that, bikes are being slippery. Yeah. yeah. But that, 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 that's written to the rules to make it that way. Well, what it is is they're going, like, you know, modern speeds with old technology. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. so yeah. Um, I'll see if I can dig out a picture of, say, a 75 or a 76 RG500. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a, a championship-winning bike. Mm-hmm. And you'll look at it and you think, oh, that's really, really modern. And then you'll look at the brakes and you'll think, mm-hmm. oh, shit! Well, you know, it's <laughs> I didn't think about it, but we'll talk more later, but I was down at Moto Tablet today for their flat track day, and I happened oh, shit, to step yeah. into the museum, and you got to see the YZs, the uh, 500cc yep. two-strokes they raced. Yeah. Right, and, and Wayne Rainey's bike's in there. Wayne, and, and also Kenny's. Yes. And you got to see a 19... Kenny Roberts, they have the KZ1000 or something the, there, yep, too. And you got to see Kenny's, a 1980, mm-hmm. literally right next to Wayne's, which was a 1990 bike. Right. And you got to see the, you know, the improvements or the changes made just in that 10-year decade. And it is amazing, but I think if you look like the Randy Mormolas and the guys back in the day that raced those two-stroke GP bikes. Oh, it's lunacy. As fast, as crazy as it yeah. is today, back then it was just so much more nuts. And I mean, I was going 
to the GPs back then and watching these guys and the power band they were they they had to work with was razor edge and if you'd station yourself close to a hairpin turn and if they if you're in the wrong gear coming out the hairpin turn you just open the bike and it just it just bog out Mm. And you get about three or four riders go past you. I mean, you have this razor-edge power band to deal with. The bigger the bike, the longer the power band generally. But the real heroes, the unsung ones, are the ones who race the little 50cc bikes. Oh, my God. Because, mm. you know, those mm. things had, I think, 14 gears. I was just like... The the power band was a hundred cc mm. at a uh, hundred mm. RPM at about fourteen thousand, and you kept it right up. I was watching some <laughs> racing the other day, and it was some of the 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 most exciting racing to watch I had ever seen. It was a hundred and twenty five cc two strokes. Yep, and it, and it was British road racing, and you're like, oh my god, right? You're talking about big balls, holy. <laughs> exactly, and most of the right, including Barry Sheen. This mm. is this is where the great British riders, you know, Rocket Ron Haslam, Barry Sheen, um, Carl Fogarty, they all started off on the tiddlers and worked their way up. Yeah, I was thinking it, about this, and I think one of the differences is I think back then the the riders were better than the machines. The riders oh, had yeah. oh. better than the machines, and they had to deal with these like clanky machines. And watching the racing today, I think the machines are better than the riders. I think the technology, in a sense, is is almost better than the way they can ride because of what they do. Like well, you what, know, or, a good you know, amount of it is like well, I'm just not to take away their talent, obviously, because they're totally talented. I don't mean to yeah. say that they're not. It's just like there's a the margin. It's it's well, I'd say it's a little bit safer now because you have like traction control traction software, control. Well, ABS, the ABS cornering that everyone's raving yeah, about right yeah. that's well i don't think they have abs for gp but they do have traction right. control but mm. that's what it distills down to knock it's safer yeah because i mean back in the 60s 70s you know motor gp was wild well, and there know, were like, people who a lot of people who hurt themselves quite badly yeah, well, and got killed well how know? often you know how often now do you see a high side where if you go back to like the late 80s early 90s of <gasps> gp yes. everything was a high side mm-hmm. and high sides are punishing right and now people expect to crash because it's always going to be a low side and you're going to learn the limits of things if you ever want to see the great in my opinion the greatest save in motorcycle racing history Randy Marmola. Randy Marmola. I was 1985, <laughs> the San Marino Grand Prix. Is that when he broke his hand or broke his wrist or whatever? Yeah, and he put his face through the windshield. Ooh, and it's like and it riding. happens so quickly. Yeah. And it's just boom, boom, boom. And you don't realize what's happening. And then you slow it down and it just goes frame by frame. Yeah. And how yeah. he kept hold of that bike is he's running alongside it at yeah. 90 miles an hour. I mean, it, mm. it's yeah. it, it's amazing and stuff. He finishes, there's a great movie called The uh, the Unrideables yes. that documents the late 80s, early 90s two stroke GP riding. And it's one of, the, I, in my opinion, it's like top three <laughs> motorcycle movies because they should have named it The High Side Broken Collarbone because yeah. that's what half the movie was. Right. So, uh, yeah, new bikes, too, in the, in the lower Great. classes. So what's new? What's, um, what's new and exciting? Ooh, Knock. Triumph, uh, running their 675 motorbikes. Ooh, those are, yeah. ter- those so are terribly good. So this is their first good. season, and uh, it's it's cool. You can see the, the riding style changes a little bit. And you know what? It's nice having the 675s out there because it is such a different exhaust yeah. note. And, you know, I miss that. Yeah. That... Y- y- if you have a bike that sounds fundamentally different to all the rest, 
you know, really adds something to it. It picks your head up. You're like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a bike that's Dude. missing a cylinder. So I have a technical <laughs> question for Knock yeah. to put you on the spot. What's up with the fucking airfoils and shit this year? I say different bikes are running different. Oh, it's, What's yeah. the rule this year? I don't know. It's allowed to, whatever the most previous rules uh, allow them to have, like which are wings that are enclosed, they can't just completely jut out. They've got to be like connected. If you have like two a, wings, an upper lower wing, they have to be connected. Like a loop. Like, a, yeah, like, a, like loop. a biplane? Oh. Yeah, kind of like a bi- biplane. But uh, yeah, it's that's they did that for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's hmm. nobody got it, impaled by one. But even I guess they have them on the rear. That I did. I just heard yeah. this today where they have it to cool, help cool the rear tire. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah. They have it right at the bottom of the swing arm, right in, uh, just a little ways from the swing arm right. pivot, yeah. and it just scoops air into the rear tire, mm-hmm. helps it cool. Ducati had, ran one. They're actually. Uh, being protested by a bunch of other manufacturers. Oh, Yamaha, who ran the wing uh, underneath their tires or underneath their swing arm, uh, didn't say anything because they were doing it last year. So <laughs> go figure, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's that's what's cool about racing is like you have these rules, but like manufacturers uh, figure out ways to kind of like skirt the rules and go around them and kind of move into a gray area, which, well, which is kind of cool to a certain degree. But yeah. like at the same time, if you're like a satellite team, you don't have the funding, you're fucked. You don't, you don't get the cool shit. You well, know? but that's also part of the the purpose of racing, though, is to sure. develop, you know, yeah. that, that push that technology a little bit further. You know, where yeah. how can you use aerodynamics to your advantage? Well, right. but, well, well that, like that that would be under the guise that aerodynamics are not completely written out of it altogether, because the yeah. FIM killed aerodynamics in the in the fifties. Yeah, there's a certain so if kind they, of aerodynamics. If they undid the restrictions, you'd see a whole massive well, change yeah, right. to racing. And why the, why not do that? The FIM had their reasons to outlaw aerodynamics in the fifties yeah. because the Italian manufacturers were coming out with these dustbin fairings mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. covered the whole of the front wheel right mm-hmm. it looked like a motorcycle you know it doesn't look like a motorcycle to you because you've been raised we've all been yeah. raised in a generation of bikes that don't have that because they were right. written out of the rules right. and when the yeah. AMI, ama merged with the fim they took those rules and applied them as well so american bikes looked like that yeah european bikes looked like that but it was originally safety reasons as well because on the they were going so fast on the old board tracks they were crashing it's like we got to right. slow them down let's yeah. make parachute like aerodynamics, and I'm sorry, Emma, you were. I cut you off. So no, but bins. that's you, you, what was happening with the dustbin fairings. They were getting so aerodynamic, and the bikes were going so fast. Yeah. yeah. The, the bikes were literally taking off, and the FIM had to do something about and, it. And, and yeah. I, I just you, had you to could, Google that, by the way. And, and you could what, a dustbin fairing. Yeah, what, aren't do, they wild? Well, I'm glad you, I'm wait, sitting wait. next to Morgan because if anyone knows something about fairings, it's going to be in the room. <laughs> well, it's going to be. And here's Morgan. here's the funny thing because his dad was you know researched this stuff for years, and yeah. he had no idea why a dustbin fairing was called a dustbin fairing. Your dad wrote and a when, piece of metal behind a car like and, it was an airplane. <laughs> and right. when he found out why it's called a dustbin, it, it's like it was this big light bulb. Do you know why it's called a dustbin? I'm assuming you do. Yes. Because it's not a term. We, we don't really use the term dustbin here in the States. Right. But it's basically an ash bucket for a fireplace. If you were to take an ash bucket and turn it side, it looks almost exactly like these 1940s fairings. Right. And yeah. so it's a dustbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It literally is a bin for dust. And it, right. It, it's a, it, 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 that's why it's called that, because it's it's an ash bucket, essentially. It's really funny when you look it's, at it. It's a lot cooler than saying trash can bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's essentially what it is in, in, yeah. you know, in British uh, British English. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's the trash, trash can. can. Yeah, yeah, trash yeah. can fairing. Mm-hmm. But you see, all us cool kids in the 60s, we were watching Banana Splits. Yeah. And one of the characters oh, in Banana Splits always said, hey, Drooper, take out the trash. Hey, what's this trash? 
<laughs> oh, that's American for rubbish. So we were like, cool kids. We say, hey, yeah, so the, take the, out the trash. Right, so you have your 1940s <laughs> rubbish, bin, rubbish bin motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> the rubbishy bin motorcycle. Oh, my God. Fucking <laughs> like banana splits. But I can't believe you came No, they were that. great. Yeah. Yeah. But because we don't use that term here in the States, everyone's accepted. Dust, oh, that kind of sounds cool. Dust bin. All right. All right. Mm. Okay. Very but good. The well, no, we're on to important exciting. things now. So name the banana splits. There were four of them. Dude, I can't. <laughs> yes, you can. There was oh. Tinky Winky. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's like I love those Dude, guys. I don't know. But he Barney. Said, Drooper, you, you right? That was Drooper. Right. Who said Drooper? Yeah. Right. Drooper. That's and number one. That was Bingo. He was okay. like the monkey guy. Okay. Flegal. Yeah. Flegal. <laughs> and Snorky. <laughs> and for a bonus point, who were the girls who lived next door? Oh god, I don't even uh, remember. The sour grapes. This, uh, <laughs> dude, that's 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 deep cuts right there. Wow. That's deep cuts. Deep cuts. Yeah, uh, I'm bringing I hope it back. Phil and Cleveland Motors listening. Yeah, Phil, no, Phil, I mean Phil, Phil I know a four for out of five. Fact. I know for a fact Phil What's grew up watching the, the show? banana. <laughs> the banana split. I just remember yeah. them going was, down the it slide. It was quality yes. American television broadcast worldwide oh, to poison shit. our minds. God bless America. I will say that that I did sign back up for the MotoGP Pass. Okay. And that was money well spent. Because yeah. How much is that oh going to run God. you? 170 bucks. Right. But what do you got? Uh, 18, 19 plus races. A lot of time by yourself. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Actually, you get well, you get the whole season of like racing, obviously, but it's Moto2, Moto3, um, all the qualifying, all the testing, all that kind of stuff. And then they have a bunch of technical stuff and a bunch of other stuff. Right. But um, I mean, it's quality programming. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, what's cool about it is even like um, it's very customizable. So during the racing today, you can pull from different screens. So you can have just like your big screen watching right. the race you can pull in one little screen to put in the corner and you right. can watch and all the riders have got front cameras rear cameras exactly uh, or you can catch a helicopter a view right. XXX, all that kind of stuff so it's really so there's a whole bunch of stuff to okay, it okay sounds um, like i mean and if you distill it down to like cost per hour it's probably quite cheap yeah, cost like per, like depending on how many coffees you buy over the cost over the the course of a MotoGP season. Yeah, but uh, no, but it's cool. But like MotoGP's, you know, the, the network is all good. Right. And uh, but the racing's nuts. Like today's race, it's there's always unexpected things. Yeah, it was like, a lot, it's close racing. There was a point in GP where it was just a pain in the ass the ass to watch because you know you knew one or two guys would win it or three guys and everybody else was behind it but uh, behind yeah. and, them and but two of the now three were Mark Marquez yeah and now it's it's a lot more fair and uh, yeah well, what's okay. nice is you have different manufacturers coming up through the ranks. Like, there were three different manufacturers represented in the poll, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And they were all competitive during the race. So, and, and they're all characters. Like, each person that rides, like, you know, like, well, spoiler alert, but, you know, Cal Crutchlow uh, podiumed. And and he's just such a like a nutty dude, man. It's, <laughs> it's great to see. Well, you know, I've known a few bike racers in my time and there is a certain amount of uh, cerebral excitement it takes to ride a bike competitively mm-hmm. so it's a very kind way of saying they're nut jobs i mean you <laughs> really are. have to be but they were like literally nut jobs because they were inhaling leaded gas you know well at yeah. one point <laughs> some of the older guys <laughs> so, did, so did i yeah well yeah you know how do you sp- yeah how do you spend ex- your sundays i mean that explains things yeah <laughs> well there you are then not <laughs> tra-la-la so anyway yeah. um motor gp 
It's great. It's great. And we will be checking in with the Brodo GP guys a little later on in the season. And, yeah. Uh, so I stopped in earlier today, briefly, and I saw you up to some things working with Shenanigans. People. Yeah. What were you doing today? Uh, well, I did... Um, I helped Frank with his leaky... 535. Frank's been around lately. Frank, well, you know, Frank is... Frank's having issues. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, um, a lot of the regulars who don't ride all year, they're resurrecting their bikes for um, springtime. And Frank's got a Virago, little 535, and not surprisingly, it has charging problems. Hmm. So the alternators, it's kind of at the end. Well, I thought you checking. I saw you checking the voltage last week. Yeah, weekend. I mean it's okay. The alternators okay. So for last maybe weekend one you checked season. three phases, right? Yeah. It's what got, exactly did you check? You, well, here's how, here's how an alternator works. It's it's um, spinning magnets, magnetic field with copper wand coils, and there are twelve, and each one you know produces voltage and they break them down into phases you have um and it's ac voltage that comes out so basically what you want coming out of each phase is at least at least 12 volts ac and 10 to 12 volts ac because what happens when it goes into the rectifier if you think of ac being a wave up and then down up and then down it cuts it in half Mm -hmm. so 12 volts ac becomes 6 volts dc because you literally cut it in half Hmm. and then you add that by 3 and you've got 18 volts and then that gets cut down to about 13 and a half 14 where does all that energy go Away to heat. It goes, goes away. Does it really go away? It turns into heat. It goes away. It goes to the <laughs> deserving children who need it. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, no, it doesn't away to deserving children. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, it doesn't turn into magic. Smoke. It helps. Uh, yeah, well, it helps liberate the pixies. Apparently, right. Yeah. But the big problem we have in California um, is heat. Uh, especially mm-hmm. on air-cooled bikes. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, alternators are running hot anyway. Engine oil is running really hot. Um, and the alternator lives right at the end of the crankshaft where it gets lots and lots of heat. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's vogue-ish to have small, com- s- small compact bikes, which means you can't have giant friggin' rectifiers and regulators. So everything's very, very small, and it doesn't take a great deal to burn them out. Um, the usual culprit, I hate to say it, is um, cheap batteries and lithium-ion yeah. batteries. Yeah. Um, some bikes are more sensitive than others, but I had I had a little talk with Bagel. Yeah. About lithium-ion batteries, and um, not what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's not what he wanted to hear. Do you have a thermal event or something? With well, he's, no. he, he mm. sounds like he's burnt out his reg rec. Um, yeah, he should. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes, <sighs> lithium-ion batteries don't handle the rapid fluctuations that you get in a motorcycle as well and people don't realize the battery is actually an integral part of your charging system Mm -hmm. it acts as a heat sink and kind of like a slush fund for voltage a little bit of a a filter um, too yeah exactly and cheap batteries like the ones you get from AutoZone will get you down the road but oftentimes you can burn out some quite expensive electrical components with them. Um, oh, wow. You know what? What? 
I wonder if that might be the problem that I've been having with my GTV, because that bike has been dead for a year, and it's electrical, and I haven't been able to figure out what it is. Now, here's the thing. When the bike is off, the power is fine. Like The clock has got power and everything. As soon as I turn the key on, the whole electrical system just goes dead. My bike. Reg wreck, you think? Uh, I'll have to yeah. try swapping that out. That's mm. one thing I haven't yeah. tried. Could that be just like a bad ground? My bike. Well, I checked grounds, but it didn't seem like that was it. <laughs> it's like electrical? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what. I mean, I've gotten to the stage now, and it's all very well me saying this, because... As of today, I'm still in the industry. How long for? I don't know. And I get stuff cheap. But if I'm shopping for batteries, it's like you buy a UASA. You buy a UASA. That's what I do. And it really is that. It's UASA. And the rest of them. I've I've literally mm. had plate short on me when I my battery took a shit, and I went to Cycle Gear and bought like some kind of cheap, you know, knockoff version of your just like some kind of random battery because I need to get home. Yeah. yeah. Like I, like three days later, I'm one of my plates shorted and like I just the bike just died. Mm. And I couldn't, you know, so yeah. Yeah, get get a quality battery. It's worth the you time. You know, oh God, I wish I could just go get batteries for my bike. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're gonna come to that. Um, but a similar thing happened. You know, um, my very very dear friend Mike Beck, the musician. Mm-hmm. Um, he rides a Bonneville, a 2006, I believe. It's one of those pretty white and orange ones. Um, and he was having charging problems with. It. He says, you know, this thing isn't charging. And so I put a meter across it, and like, sure enough, you're like, yeah, it's not charging very well. Hmm. Um, and then I had a look at the battery, which was brand new, and it was an AutoZone battery. I said, look, Mike, you need to put a decent battery in there. <clears throat> and so we put a good quality battery in there. Guess what? 14 volts, exactly where it should be when yeah. it's charging. Hmm. You know, some bikes are far more sensitive than others to this. So... It's, like, it's like as if they have electrical engineers trying to squeeze and eke out the right amount of electricity well, out the, of those stators the, or the, something. The problem is the cheap batteries have got less inside them. There's actually less lead, less acid, less gel if it's a gel battery hmm. to cut down on costs. And they get the voltage with less yeah, and the problem is number one, there isn't the amps behind it. There isn't the power behind it. Just because it shows twelve volts doesn't mean it has yeah. the amps behind it. But secondly, it's not acting as that <coughs> secondary heat sink yeah. for the voltage coming out of the reg rack. And so now mm. you saved yourself fifty bucks by buying a cheapo battery. Well, tra la la for you. Yeah, you just burnt out a regulator rectifier. Well, that's going to cost you. Yeah. So now you buy a cheap regulator rectifier from the back pages of Amazon. And you just took out your alternator. Mm. So <laughs> no, it's followed back up the chain. Tra la la. Shit, if you can. Mm. These are these are very good candies, Jim. Did you see what they were shaped like? They were shaped like many things. <laughs> they were unicorns. Huh. Is that what it is? It's a, they were gummy. Yeah. Fuck all I, y'all, man. I thought, <laughs> last I, time I bring unicorns to the podcast. I had to check to make sure he wasn't giving me weed candies before I got back on the bike. Because that, can, weed that can kick in in the middle of the ride. You're like, surprise. Drive about 30 miles an hour. Like, oh, man. Your left blinker on the whole way. Yeah. When I, I don't know. I, I typically ride a wheelie. So I don't yeah. know what you're talking. <laughs> so when I look at this candy, I'm reminded of the joke. Horse walks into a bar, bartender goes, why the long face? It's a horse. He's long face. It's a long There's a lot of those. That's there's the, the joke, yeah. What's the, there's another one. I think there's a, a white horse walks into a bar, and the bartender says, hey, we have a drink named after you. He says, what, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> 
Knock, you got something to say? No. <laughs> he was just taking no. notes. Just because taking what notes. he's going to do is all it's the good st- jokes. It's for a stand-up down. routine. I've yeah. seen Knock notes. It's a picture of a droopy penis. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, part of the programming. Yeah. After I after I did Frank's bike and his charging problems, um, mm-hmm. working on a Triumph Tiger 900, one of those. Yeah. Oh, a, le- a leaky Tiger 900. Who's was it? Yeah. Oh, wait. What was Legan? Uh, carburetor. Um, oh. They got very weak carburetors in them. Hmm. Um, what is it? What is it that that takes a shit on the gaskets or the bowls? The the the. No, it's it's it, it's very very it, it's very early CVKs and oh, got, okay, like, this just, I see integral sort of float chamber For- and bypass thing. It's almost like. A- plastic cage that drops out mm. the bottom. Frankly, not. Mm. We, we expected it was your doing because when you showed up and left, <laughs> as soon as you left, the <laughs> bike s- sprung yeah. a leak. Henry yeah. noticed this puddle funny. like, what just happened? The bike's in the shade. It's not like it was getting direct sun that caused That's any kind funny. of heat change. like, well, Nock was just here. But, Maybe. you see, here we go. So now, we're, again, we're talking about knock-on effects. Excuse the pun, Nock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> the... If you've got a leaky carburetor, well, I'll get around to it. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, it fills the combustion chamber with fuel. Mm-hmm. So you hit the start button, one of two things is going to happen. Well, one of three things is going to happen. It's going to throw it straight out of the exhaust. Well, that's a good thing. And actually, Phil at Cleveland Motor is dealing with a bandit that's doing just that. It's acting like a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a good thing. Oh. The fuel's going where you yeah. want it to. Yeah. The second thing it can do, which is really quite destructive, mm-hmm. it can stay in the combustion chamber, and as the piston comes up, it can't compress it, mm-hmm. and so it bends the rod. Hydrolock. Yeah. Hydrolock, and that's nasty business, too. Yeah. And the third, which is potentially the most catastrophic, is it goes into the crankcase, mm-hmm. and it lingers in the crankcase. It lingers mm-hmm. and forms all kind of nice fuel vapor, and then you hit the start button and start the engine, the whole thing explodes and, no. blo- and blows you backwards through the garage door and burns your house down, which is not really the result you want for Sunday sound morning. That bad. No, it could be worse. <laughs> I used to like it. Yeah. So you know, That's for the cost, right. for the cost of a five dollar needle valve, this is you a could actually motorcycle burn down a three hundred thousand dollar house so, in suburbia. Wait, what's the story with those carbs? They're just like not engineered as well as they could. It's like one of those well, things you where know, they, you know, a, like I, I've got a th- thing. Hints, I've. There? We put a man on the yeah. moon like 50 years ago. I've got to get a carb sorted out. Well, we, I think you get rid of carbs, you go on a keto diet, right? Yeah. 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 Low carb diet. <laughs> I've got a theory about carbs, and it's completely unprecedented. But by the sort of mid late 90s, everybody who was putting carbs on their bikes knew it was the end. Because, mm-hmm. because it's the end. I mean, everybody knew that. Everybody knew that fuel injection was around the corner. So why pay any decent money to put good carburetors on a bike? You just put the existing technology on it, or even worse than that, cheapy technology, just to get you through. Because all the development money was being spent on fuel injection for the following year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. And, you know, um, God, I remember the first fuel-injected production Japanese Japanese bikes were the Kawasaki's and they were they were pretty rough and ready that would be gosh 80 or 81 Hmm. What uh, bike was it? You know, what GPZ, GPZ eleven. Cowie. Yeah. Yes, they were. They were really the first. And Honda, Honda followed suit quite quickly yeah. with the CX five hundreds, the turbos. Actually, I think the turbo might have been the first, um, but the Kawasaki's were far more common. It was, it was a far more conventional bike. It was just a big bruiser with this digital fuel injection on it. 
Um, so fuel injections come a long way, but by the time that Tiger rolled off the line... Um, what year was this bike? The Tiger? 97, I want to yeah, say. Okay, yeah. I mean, it really yeah, was a it. dinosaur because it still had carbs. Yeah, yeah. it's just before they converted right. them to fuel injection. Right. And to a certain extent, my RF 900 is the same. I mean, I wax lyrical about that bike. I love that bike viscerally. Yeah. But it's got the cheapest-ass carburetors on it because it's right at the end. Mm. I mean, Suzuki had to know that the carburation was dead by then. And funnily enough, here we are in 2019. You can still buy carbureted bikes. <laughs> you can walk into any showroom. You yeah. buy KLR 650, DR 650. Um, XR650L, all carbureted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the KLR is the you can replace any part on it from any year, and it was you can cobble them together. Give from or like 1983 take. to to 03, I think is all every part is interchangeable. Right, but even after that, there's a <laughs> there's lot a that, lot that still is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it rides like an 80s bike. So you, oh yeah, you complete. It's, it's take them or leave them. Yeah. Um, I I will say it before, and I've said I've said it before. I'll say it again. The DR650, in my opinion, is a much better bike. Um, I love those things. But there it is. Um, the KLR you can is a damn good bike. They're both yeah. very good bikes. That's the kind of bikes I grew up riding. I like the taller ergonomics, the feel of those well, types a, of things. You're a big guy, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, a larger, a physically larger, rangier bike's going to suit yeah. you quite well. I yeah. can't imagine you want a little pocket cruiser. Well, the Zero's not that tall. No, but I mean, it's spread out. Yeah. It's it's not like a little compact cruiser like the five thirty five. Yeah. Um. So there you are. So mm-hmm. we did the Tiger. Um, I did Frank's bike. We, you know, it was kind of a quiet day. Yeah. You yeah. know. So there's only two people working on their bikes today? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. it wasn't raining. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it peed down. Don't, oh, yeah. We got a good Oh, good did it really? Because I, I saw you guys yeah. this morning, and then I bounced down to Carmel Valley. Yeah, just after you... Just, no, just after you'd left. Really? Um, it came down, and it came down very... Yeah, mm, I was, I was I left. topping off my bike in the parking lot, and, uh, you know, the electric charger there, and then I went to go sit down on their bench, and I realized... My, my helmet and gloves were on the bike, and it was pouring down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which, yeah. funnily enough, hearing Morgan's dulcet tones there means we're going to dovetail into a section, which I've been looking forward to for a while, mm. um, and we've been trying to pin one of the vetters down. Um, in case you don't know, let uh, give you a bit of backstory about this whole family. Um Craig Vetter's been in the motorcycle industry since the 60s. Childbirth. Um, (laughs) He's very, very influential. He's known for various things. However, um, you may know him as the designer of the Triumph Hurricane. You may know him as the designer of the Vetter Windjammer. Um, In more recent years, Craig has become very, very interested in economy, in any shape or form getting the most out of an internal combustion engine and getting the most out of electric propulsion so we're very very privileged this evening we've got number one son two yeah okay (laughs) well sure okay he's not here so screw him (laughs) so we have number one son with us um morgan is very much a proponent of electric propulsion Mm -hmm. and just you know tell us 
it's a mystery to so many of us. What is the state of play halfway through March 2019? Yeah. Is electric propulsion healthy? Is it something we should be banking our children on, or is it a lame duck? I think it's a very exciting... It, it's, it's, it's still in its infancy, right? Um, but there's a lot of really neat stuff happening with it, and there's companies are starting to dip their toe into the water, and some of the bigger companies are starting to announce things as well. Um, so we've got, you know, currently the, the the leader is a company right in our backyard, uh, Zero, out of uh, Scotts Valley. Now this is what you you ride a Zero. I do. I have to say it's a very modified Zero, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it's a Zero SR. It's their street bike, um, and uh, it's it's very nice and peppy. It has a belt drive, and it's quiet, and it's it's cute and it's fun and it's uh there's the other <laughs> cute and it's what i'll say this is, is one of the few is. bikes so when morgan shows up there's usually a couple of electric bikes most of them have death in the name somewhere yeah. <laughs> the death bike the death fx bike yeah. <clears throat> this wasn't a death bike was it damn it, it is it is actually this is <laughs> actually well is. actually it is a death bike this, this is the, this is what brandon calls the death sr um mm. it's it, it, so modern, you know, obviously wrenching on bikes in the past has been, you know, boring out the pistons or, or adding stuff to, to add more horsepower. With electric bikes, um, it's it's more nerdy than that. You're plugging in a, a cable and then reprogramming the controller to deliver more power by to this and, and change this and that. Right. So you sort of hack it and change it that way. You don't actually add things onto it as much. You can, because you can mm-hmm. sometimes run physical bypasses on like, oh, the battery shuts off at this temperature. Not if I remove the restrictor. You know, that kind of like a, <laughs> okay. that kind of thing. Mm. So what I wanted to to do was kind of give we, we've had a, a good 120 years to figure out how internal combustion engines work. The layman knows that you're not supposed to put diesel in your gas in your gas motor right and and they have spark plugs and there's oil that needs to be changed like people understand these basic things about engines they don't have the first clue about electricity or electric vehicles of any kind and it's edumacatus i i want to do it like in a very very light uh and and, uh friendly way so that no one's eyes glaze over hopefully you'll all still be awake henry's eyes are already glazing i did i I, I cornered henry like three weeks ago and he was very polite as i and i I could tell like he was i think he fell asleep halfway through with his eyes open like i got an engine to rebuild here's here's what i'll say is is i'm fascinated by the whole electric thing and the bikes are so fun on so many levels but it's like if someone like morgan could break it down like real simple like why are these fun explain to me like i'm fine why do we need yeah yeah you are really mentally. This is I mean, true. Yeah. So, like, what, what's the skinny man? <laughs> That's too fair. That's like more like more like a two. More like two. It's it's the the marketing phrase that Zero uses for the new bike is effortless power, and I think okay. that really does encompass it because there's no clutch, there's no gear. It's a smooth roll on the throttle, and it just it goes. There's no engine vibration. It's just this pleasant, smooth experience, and it's so it's pure torque delivered instantly. Right. So it takes off quietly and and just magnificently. If you've been able to be in a Tesla and someone stomped it, this is the kind of bike equivalent. Dude, it's, right. it's yeah. fucked up. When you get in a Tesla, I've, I've been in a Craig's uh, <laughs> Tesla, uh, Liza's dad's Tesla, yeah, and uh, she put it on ludicrous mode, and she just oh, yeah. floored the pedal. Yeah. And my eyeballs were getting pushed. I was like, trying, trying to, I started started getting a little tunnel vision. No I was shit. like, oh shit! Wow. Yeah, yeah that thing well, hauls ass. But from motorcycle, from a motorcycle standpoint, I want to give somebody an idea because yours is obviously a very modified bike. It is. If you buy a stock zero, 
mm-hmm. if you buy a stock zero. I remember last year, actually two years ago now, vintage days, we were doing zero demo rides. Mm-hmm. And I had the range. I was riding Chase on a, an internal combustion Kawasaki Versus 650. And I think all the bikes were quicker than that. Mm-hmm. Some by a lot, some by not so much. But that seems to be... It's kind of like a 650cc kind of power... At, on the highway, I would say it feels like a 650 once you're up to highway speeds. It has that kind of uh, that right. punch there. But from 0 to 60... It's a lot uh, quicker. It has the yeah, power of like an 1100 right. or so. Okay. It's 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 got that, that punch to it. And uh, I just wanted to kind of uh, do the, the brief educating about making you guys go to sleep about um, the state of, of, of electric bikes and what's going on this year. Because, like I said, there's kind of four major players trying to vie for your attention right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Name and, them. Yeah. So we have Zero yep. and Energica. Those are the only two that actually have bikes in the field that you can buy right now. Right. And then Harley-Davidson is uh, promoting their live wire, which okay. you may have seen on TV. And then you have uh, Lightning, um, who has claimed the title of the uh, producers of the world's most powerful production bike um, but there's they're, they're not out yet they, right. they claim that title but they, they don't exist yet but right. they've they've got they say in about three weeks they're going to release the details on their newest creation the strike which is a um, kind of a, a, a more economical but still very powerful one uh zero has just come out with their srf this is their pride and joy they've been working on it for years and um they teased it a couple about a month ago and they just uh, demoed it they shipped a whole bunch of bikes out to different dealers in the country they're going to start actually getting them up for sale in april but the srfs exist um currently they're it's a really really nice thing because they have this is the most polished thing that Zero has done. Um, and they look like proper motorbikes. Jim, you wanted to say something. Yeah, and, and not to take away from the new the new Zero bike, because it does look good. Um, but I'm curious, because Morgan's such a thoughtful person, and we've been down to the secret laboratory in Carmel Valley a couple mm. of times, and it is like the secret lab. Boffin Central. Of, <laughs> it is. It's, it's Soggy Bottom, California. <laughs> <laughs> And but it really is. It's like you know, with what's going on down there with Brandon and you guys, Morgan. It's like it's such a creative place. And I'm curious because you're a thoughtful person. In you know, you're talking about what Zero is doing now. But if you like, let your mind free. Where do you see electric motorcycling five years, seven years from now? Like, what's the next paradigm shift in this? A lot I mean, of this because like, we talk about batteries, blah blah blah. But where's it, the big shift going to happen? It, it really, if a breakthrough is going to happen, it's going to be in battery technology because right now. They they have all of them have kind of similar ranges on what they can do between charges, and that's about eighty to one hundred twenty miles, depending on how you're riding, how big you are, uh, how much you want to pay for the extra batteries, that kind of stuff. And if they if there's a breakthrough or a new battery, because right now they're using lithium ion, the same stuff in your cell phone, and. Uh, if there's a new battery technology that's like twice the density, that'll be a game changer because you can obviously then go twice as far or, you know, only use something that's only half the weight and it frees up a lot of flexibility because the heaviest and most expensive component on an electric bike is the battery. Right. It's yep. bar none. Yep. So how long, like some people, you can take your cell phone and put it on top of like a fucking coaster and it'll charge it. How long before I pull my motorcycle on top of a pad where it charges it like without a wire? <laughs> it's in like ten seconds. They actually have that for some EV cars. Um, yeah. You can park.
park on a big pad and it'll it'll do that. Um, I don't know that motorcycles will be at a point do that because they have a very very small surface area. Well, get on that, would you? Come on, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So the main things I wanted to go over is is that uh, just kind of. I think uh, if the live wire comes out as in August as Harley plans, it will be people's first introduction to electric motorcycles. Okay. And, and I know there's going to be good and bad within. It, yeah. It seems from the conversation we had, Harley are going down a different route to zero. Um, it, it's they're all actually kind of similar in the sense that um, I, I, it's hmm, how to put this. The, the the way people recharge these bikes is going to be the, the biggest point of contention, the biggest thing that, that's going to confuse people. And I think I wanted to break that down in a way that made sense so that everyone has a slightly better understanding of what to expect when they talk about charging level one, level two, level three. What is right. DC fast charging? What is all that? And I hmm. don't want to get too tactical with it, but I want to go over the, the basic stuff and how each company is approaching it and what that means for you. Because I'm not... I don't know that any company has it quite right in terms of what is the ideal setup, and that's partially because of the of the U.S. power grid. Uh, it's actually funny enough. It's actually a lot better in Europe. Um, they, they've they've got a kind of a unified system where it's like one plug. Uh, here, hmm. we've got potentially like five or six different plug types yeah. for for not uh, for like high high output kind of. Everything, yeah. yeah, yeah. For, there's two. Right. There's two different high output plugs. Plug yeah, places yeah. Here. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the ground, and, and then there's well, actually three if you include Tesla, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of other level two ones, and then there's so it's it's confusing and you, it's not going to make sense to people and I and, I, and and what the bikes actually offer. So yeah. the most common um, and easy to find uh, uh, recharging stations, and a lot of them are free currently, are what we call level two stations. They're AC and they're what the the EV cars. You know that's that's where you go plug in your car. Um, yeah. Those are plentiful, and you can find them all over the place. This is Zero's, uh, what they're embracing mostly. And these uh, will take you um, w- between um, one to three hours, depending on how m- what the station will, you know is capable of doing, what your bike's set up to do. Um, there's level one charging, which is your wall at home. Um, that's that's going to take like 10 hours, 10, 12 hours. Okay. Uh, what you do. And, and and all bikes will have an option to plug in at home um, overnight or whatever. If you just want to do that and you commute to work, then drive back and plug it in at home. That's a perfectly acceptable thing to do. The big point of contention that people are fighting about now is level three charging, which is also known as DC fast charging. Um, mm. And what that is, is a very, very uh, high voltage, high powered station that already is has the the station has the chargers built into it and it's just dumping dc power into your bike at very very high speeds the level two ones they're ac and they're putting the the uh, power into your bike's onboard charger you have to carry around a charger on your bike sometimes it's built in yeah i see and so that takes up space, and it and it produces heat, and it, and it adds weight, and it's, so it's a confusing. Like, should we embrace level two, or should we um, should we make the bike uh, so it accepts level three charging? Mm. Well, you do that. That's great, but there's not many level three stations around. Yeah, um, Harley. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say. So we we'll go back to Harley. Harley have pretty much embraced level three, didn't you tell me? Yes. So what Harley at this stage and. Um, Everything's in flux, but as far as what 
I understood from what you told me, Harley are instructing all their dealers to have a charging station mm. for live wires. As, as I understand, yeah, they're, they're all installing what's called CCS uh, stations that every Harley dealership is going to have required a CCS level 3 DC charger. Yes. So this is largely an engineering issue. Is not so much as it is cost, or is it a combination of both? It's a combination Does, of both because the, the DC stations are very expensive to put in because yeah. they actually come with a whole bunch of chargers in them that right. are converting the AC to DC. Whereas if you want to put an AC station in, it can be as simple as finding a big 50-amp plug and, yeah. and, and, and getting a $200 piece of hardware you have an AC charging station. So is this kind of like VHS and beta in terms of like it's able to deliver the same content or what product well, or whatever, but it's a different format because somebody wants to make money off their no, format or what? That's a great analogy because yeah. I'm old enough to remember what happened back then. Yeah. And there were three. And mm, people forget mm-hmm. there was three. Laserdisc? There was Video 2000, oh, Beta, and VHS. What about Laserdisc? That's later. Laserdisc <laughs> came later. Yeah. <laughs> This is the very early 80s. Guess which was the worst one? VHS. Yes. Video 2000 was the best. Best quality, best everything. Then there was beta. Then there was VHS. Mm -hmm. And because of the way the infrastructure and the marketing was set up, VHS won out and eclipsed. Eclipse Video 2000 very, very early on. It's, so, a, it's only certain people who remember it. Yeah. Beta took a little while longer to fall because it had... Beta was the enthusiast choice. Right. Isn't that like kind of like the thing, and, though? You know, like, I fear it's going to happen now that probably we're going to end up with the least efficient system. That's This is what's kind of fucked up, man. Like, we get like a somewhat inferior product so someone else can get their greasy palms, you know... For for fucking yeah yeah they get, you know, well you know just arguing about a capitalist society is is, <laughs> is for another podcast well, I for know. another I'm like, day. Where the hell are we all? Well, of a I mean, look, it, it kind of it's <laughs> look it it kind of tapers onto the whole going electric <laughs> thing too. I mean, because there's some things that you have to kind of you know consider when you're. If, this is like an environmental movement kind of a thing. If, too, if though, I want to do any kind of road trip or extended trip, I need to carry like four adapters with me. Right. Yeah. I have to. Right. Um, just to be prepared because if I get stuck, I don't want to be trying to push an electric bike to the couple miles to the nearest EV station. That's that's no fun at all. Right. Right. And you could get to a thing where you could pull up to a station and there's a car plugged in that it actually has a, a plug and it's locked. They have these stupid things. These EV cars actually have a lock so you can't tamper with the plug or take it out when it's full and the owner hasn't been there in two weeks. No, anyway. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But I just looked at the map real quick. Even here in Santa Cruz, um, there are 18 entries for level two stations uh, around yeah. town, and, and and they could have multiple outlets. There is one DC fast charging in Santa Cruz, hmm. one, and everyone's like, "Well, you gotta have because it's it will literally fill the bike in half an hour or less from empty. Like it's incredibly awesome." Yeah, but there aren't that many of them. I was going to do a trip to Las Vegas. Re- Go ahead, Meg. Go ahead, Emma. Well, no, I mean, I I don't want to keep. Uh, Cutting in, I can see Harley's logic. I mean, it's funny. Oftentimes when Liza's going off on her little tangent about Harley's, I jump to Harley's defense. I can see their logic because what they're going to offer with the live wire, they're going to say, well, you've got two ways to charge this bike. You're going to charge it overnight. You're going to charge it overnight, and that's what the majority of owners are going to do. Because let's be honest with you, the majority of us commute on our bikes and, you know, unless you've got a, the commute from hell, you've got to have enough to ride ride to work, 
right home and then plug it into the charger Maybe, again. because the Harley, they, they, refuse, they haven't released all of the stats yet. Right, and, the, and the that's battery, going to be interesting. But we don't know what the bet they claim, a hundred, you know, 110 miles, but marketing numbers are marketing numbers. Right, so you don't true. really know until we it, actually it, know the size of the pack, we're not going to be able to actually get real numbers. It might be 110 miles so, at 20 miles an hour. It's, yeah. In the best case scenario, if Harley does, you know, lobby for the fast charging at level three and everybody else gets on board with it. I mean, it's just definitely not going to be for buying up all the rail stations in Los Angeles and making everybody buy cars, right? I mean, like, will we have that kind of a scenario? I mean, it's... No, it's it's actually interesting because... What Tesla did because they're they're in their own little world. They like they they designed their own plugs, their own infrastructure, and said, "Screw it, we're just doing our own thing." You can, you guys have fun figuring out your CCS, your J one seven seven two, your Chatamo. We're gonna make our plugs and work. And they bought up um, whenever they installed their supercharger stations. They actually like put it next to the real estate wise next to like a big power kind of hub. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they they pick out the prime. Lo- they've already sucked up all the prime locations, so you're not far away and have any voltage drop or sag. Because the further you are away. Yeah. You got actually less weaker power, um, yeah. and so Tesla Lost. did a brilliant thing, and they just grabbed up all the good spots. But you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out over the next few years, because yeah. everything is everything is still <clears throat> speculative. I'm still super optimistic, though. Something within my lifetime, for sure, we're going to have you know relatively comparable vehicles. Like, I mean, they're relatively comparable now, but I mean, for sure, the option to be to go, I'm, right. I'm buying an electric instead of a, you know. But what I want what I want to go over is specifically what each bike uh, how they how they charge because like I said yes, I, I don't I don't think any company has it quite nice and flexible enough for everyone's need maybe that maybe that'll never come but I think some companies are very close now well, let's let's start with zero what's what's the good things about zero and what's the bad things about zero, zero? as traditionally only offered a uh, 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 wall level one wall charging so they right. very intended it as a commuter bike where you'd go to work and, and then you plug in plug it in overnight in the last few years, they added a level two option, um, which you can pretty much use at all EV stations, and it would take you a little over two hours to charge, generally, because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't a super powerful one. Uh, but it, it, it works. It's nice. With this new bike, the SRF, um, they are fully, really, really pushing the whole level two thing. And they've actually, it, it there may be something in the works, I, I'm, I'm assuming there must be at this point, but what they've done is they've added a more chargers than the the charger that that takes more than the stations can deliver okay so these stations are capable of charging in about two hours and the chargers that the the zero is putting on the bike are are enough to be fully recharge the bike in one hour but that will trip the breaker that'll that'll crash the station so so the charging system itself the chargers aren't capable of delivering that power right now yeah so i'm guessing in the u.s yeah in the u.s so i'm guessing zero is kind of taking a gamble that um somebody's going to step up certainly in the more metropolitan areas and maybe put some of these things in so the thing is that if you were to look at the um the maps of all the stations there's a there's an app or a website called plugship and it generally lists what these stations are rated for. It's not gospel. You can actually overclock some of it. But PlugShare says, okay, or a charge point, like the, the biggest manufacturer here that makes all these char- – it's, a, it's a, one of the companies that makes the chargers. All their stations are good for 6.6 kilowatts. Mm-hmm. Um, that – <laughs> Zero's trying to pull 12 kilowatts out of it. It'll trip the station. It won't work. It'll yeah. just, it's like, you know, an overloaded circuit. And and it can't, like, 
uh, like sense how much current is available and, and it'll obey that signal. It, it, it won't crash the station, but okay. someone who's paying for 12 kilowatts of charging is going to be disappointed when they're only getting 6.6 out. Right. Yeah. You know, they're expecting a fire hose of power and they're getting a garden hose and like, wait, I just paid it. It's so right. And some stations are limited even less than that too. Oh uh, yeah. Some of the, yeah. the, some of the crappy manufacturers who I'm not going to brag on anyone here, <laughs> actually they're, they, they do five or under. Yeah. There are good stations out there. Um, I was talking with Terry Hirschner, who's been on this before, and he's, you know, Electric Terry. He's uh, used thousands of J stations, and he has encountered one that it, that will supply 12 kilowatts. Wow. Mm. One. Man. The, the protocol for the level two stations is, it accepts, you know, the, the, the design for it is good for 19 kilowatts, but those manufacturers have skimped out on the parts. And so generally, by far... Six kilowatts is what the, the EV stations are going to give you, and that is a two-hour charge mm-hmm. on the bike. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, and making, I'm making faces of Emma. Yeah. So, you. but that's so you know it, zero advertising one-hour charge, but that station. I, I, I don't know any 12-kilowatt J stations. Right. Uh, and and neither does Terry, except for the one he found in 3,000 stations. So what we've got with Zero, um, we've got simplicity, we've got um, plentifulness of the charging plentiful. station, the super plentiful, yeah. but not particularly efficient in terms of charging. You're yeah. going to be riding for an hour, charging for two. Riding uh, for a couple of hours, yeah. or or if you you know don't drain the battery all the way, you can you know do a half halfway charge in, in an hour, and that'll be good. For, but you yeah. s- you still like every other like every other electrical vehicle on the market. You have the op you have the option to do level one charging. You plug it into the wall at night. Yeah, yeah they and an You go to bed and you wake up in the morning and your bike's fully charged. And yeah, they actually program so you can do time charging too. If you have like a right. they can you can set a timer for when you want it to start and stop. It's pretty cool. Oh, that but is in, cool. In Europe, they use a different um, plug, and they can actually fully embrace all 12. It can do the full one-hour charge. It's just here in the States, we have this awkward level 2 system. America. This awkward J1772 or J-plug that that, uh, doesn't, and it's, it's very frustrating, yeah. and but we like America because yeah. that's where I keep all my stuff. Right, freedom. <laughs> yeah. So then you have the other uh, manufacturers. Currently, the other, the only Let's other. Let's deal with Energica. I uh, like Energica. Energica. Yes, yes. It's Italian. Italian. It's yes. ciao, ciao bella. Energica. It's like um, it's it's like Ducati. It's like a they, Ducati. They, the they, electric bike they world. They very much. Meatball. They very much <laughs> want to be seen as a competitor for Ducati. Right. Mm. It's a. Spicy meatball uh, with a Parmesan sauce. Dude, the Energica is is gorgeous. It is. It's it is, a great looking thing. It's an engineered from the the ground up. It's like it was built uh, not cobbled together at all. Right. Like, it's it just, looks, everything. Is, it looks like a bloody motorbike. Sorry, just an aside. Uh, Energica will be running their races in MotoGP. Moto okay. E very class. good. Thank you. The uh, the season. Yeah. So they're very much more of a of a sport bike though. For the, uh, the they have the Ego, the Eva, and the SA9. Okay, these are quite expensive machines, they are. aren't they? They are. They're like uh, twenty five thousand or so. Blimey. <coughs> okay. Well. So anyway. Take so a check? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take one of the rubber checks. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the way you charge them and the performance you get. Um, what are the advantages? The Energica offers uh, it accepts CCS or Level Three DC fast charging. Okay. Twenty three kilowatts, which means means you have a full charge in between, in between 20 and 30 minutes. Okay, great. <clears throat> full. That is like, if your battery is empty, that is a full charge. Now, is that your... Or do you have level two as well? Yes. They offer <clears throat> a... 
<coughs> excuse me, a 3.3 kilowatt uh, level two station. It uses this almost a very similar plug face. It's the EV station for all the cars, and it will, it, with its power, it'll take you about three hours or three between three and four hours to fully charge, okay. and that's an acceptable. It, right. it, I wish that was a little more power. I wish that was double. Um, to it could actually get the full use out of the station. If the station gives six and a half, but you can only, I'm not only three. pull three and th- three, you know, three point three out of it. It would be nice to be able to and pull six and a half. That w- that would be closest to ideal. And once again, it's got level one on it, so you yeah. plug it into your wall at night, they, go they to actually, bed, and they actually give you a uh, a a a level one station when you buy the bike. You okay. get, it's a little wall plug wow. goes into a station converter and then goes into the J plug interface. On the uh, on the bike. Okay, so what are the disadvantages? Uh, it's it's there's well more aside from the cost. I mean that is an expensive it is. bike. It is. Um, it, it it's a bit it's a bit heavy feeling, but it also handles very well. Like you think, oh, this is heavy, but you know what? You don't really feel it when, when right. you're riding it. Uh, it's it's a chain drive, so it's a bit louder than the zero because it's it's metal chain as opposed to the belt drive. Um, but the level, the, the, the DC fast charging, if you have stations around you, it is marvelous if you have stations around okay. you. And so I go on rides with Brandon. He can't follow me a lot of places because there's no DC fast charging, and he's got to be stuck at the EV station for three or four hours. But however, however, in about six months to a year... He'll be able to stop at any Harley dealership. And oh boy! Get himself some. I, I bet they'll love that. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, Let's you see, see, how are they gonna? The, you see, I was thinking about this. Get a bunch so of Harley leaf are owners say, and so bolt people running up there. Here we are, and we're going to come to the Harley in a minute. But here we are. We've got the live wire. We're going to put a charging station in every Harley Davidson dealership. Now they're not going to put it inside. <coughs> oh no! It has to be outside. Yeah. So, how are they going to restrict it just to Harley riders? They can't. So, what they're going to find is that everyone who's got uh, CCR charging, CCS charging... Um, is going to descend on the Harley dealership and be charging all kinds of things. And they could they, sell them a T-shirt or they two, right? Might yeah, they might do. Get a hot dog while you're there. They might pull <laughs> a cheeky get thing. A hot dog. It's entirely possible they could pull a cheeky thing that might you have to use the app that goes with your live wire in order to activate uh, the station. That could be. I don't know. I don't have any reason to suspect they'll do that, but they could potentially lock it for just live wire owners. Well, right. But but also though, if you if you're going there with another vehicle that you're charging up, you're going to be captive there for a certain amount of time yeah so it might actually be in their interest to let other people exactly. charge there i mean and, that's, you know have to you know peruse the store while they're right. waiting that, and which maybe is, buy something which is what we try to tell like all the local restaurant people can you put an ev station out front so i can eat here more right you know yeah, yeah. um <laughs> the so uh the energica has a nice kind of balance i wish the level two was a little beefier right but it's a it's a it's a good balance and a good attempt so far i i like the idea that you've got three options yeah and that to me works so that's that's the 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 two major players who should we do it? let's leave harley to last who's okay. the other one um next one is, is lightning and they're uh, a bit trickier to talk about because they um <laughs> what do well, we now, ready well, doesn't now, exist before for the we go any I'm, I'm further cho- choosing bef- my words carefully yeah before yeah. we go any further richard hatfield who is the ceo of lightning yeah. is a dear yeah, yeah. i yeah. love richard dearly he's he's a man of high integrity and they have a fast he's, motorcycle he he has sat right next to me on the pretty girl couch and i made him but, blush 
Yeah. <laughs> By all accounts, everyone, you know, uh, everyone's very fond of Richard. However, and, and they, they haven't produced one motorcycle yet. No. We need some bikes. Well, there, there is one bike they've <laughs> here, made. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. Richard uh, is is a marketing genius because he has claimed the title of maker of the world's most powerful production motorcycle. They say that all over their site is right, and it is known. Everyone knows that the most powerful production yeah. is the LS two eighteen, uh, capable of going two hundred eighteen miles per hour. The land speed record for it's actually two hundred three, but they 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 claim they saw two eighteen once. Um, they've they haven't they've made i think three bikes maybe maybe four okay and so it's it's not they actually haven't really been there's no out there we can't test them because no one they don't really exist yet um, well laws laws blaine our favorite australian motor journalist and gentleman with an epic beard Hmm. Has ridded one. Well, he's ridden uh, the one that Richard brings. It's a light blue. In yeah, it's color. the light blue one. That's, that's one Richard takes everywhere he goes. And, he, and it was a refuel last year. And Lars famously said it makes an H2R seem like a moped. And I, I'm sure it's, you know, wonderfully beastly powerful, but I don't really know any of the specs on it because they, they don't exist currently um, <laughs> yeah. now lightning has since um, they have been they have announced a new bike um, called strike right and this is geared more towards uh, the consumer market it has a more upright rider position these it's are things they've cheaper it is if if they can deliver on the promises they've made it will be an absurd bike because it sounds too good to be true because it is I think $13,000, which is significantly, like, Zero's SRF, the, the new Marvelous one, which I love, yep. is around around $20,000. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the Energicas are mid-25 to high high 20s. Um, the, the, the Lightning Strike claims um, similar power to the Energicas and similar performance of the Energicas. But they're trying to sell it. They're 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 claiming they can sell it for thirteen thousand dollars. A bike with the performance of the Energica. Okay. And it's a it's a big bull mm. claim, and we don't know. And it's uh, I think in about three weeks they're supposed to release the official stats. Well, I mean, let's take Richard at his word because he came across to me as a man of high integrity. Do we know anything about the way you're going to charge these things, or is all that secret? Is that secret squirrel stuff? They, they have again teased that it's going to offer all three, like the Energica, level three, level two, right. and and wall. But I don't really know. What, so level three is going to give it. Uh, it's going to be CCS. It's going to be a, a full charge in in between twenty and thirty minutes. Okay, excellent, marvelous. I don't know anything about what its level two capabilities are. Uh, I, now, I, I know it will have. It will. Get, it will accept the J plug, but I don't know at what speeds. I have a question for you. Hmm. Yes. So. Is there a link between having a feeble level two and having level three? I mean, if if you were to have a strong level two, would that preclude you having level three? Or if you had level three, so why did uh, Energica choose such a feeble level two then? It's a space-saving thing. The more more powerful your level two, the more chargers you physically have to add onto the bike. Right, so it's it's the same old thing, lighter, smaller. Yeah, and so if they physically put more on, like Zero is taking the, um, the, the, what would be a gas tank area and stuffing that full of chargers. On the SRF, you have you have two uh, two models. You get the standard model, right? These are three kilowatt, uh, which would be a four hour charger. So the deluxe version comes with a six kilowatt, which would okay. be a two hour charger. So, and then you get the after uh, the uh, their their OEM uh, 
additional charger right. they call the charge tank, which fills yep. the rest of the tank area full of another six kilowatts, which is great for Europe. But I don't know how they're going to okay. do it all out of one inlet. So you know, knock out a question. Let's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, no. no go so ahead. let's let's say right now, as of today. The lightning's kind of the wild card in this because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know anything about it. We don't know really how it's going to charge. We don't know what yep. the true performance figures are. Yeah. We don't even know if this thing exists. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does in an engineer's mind. You know, up in the Bay Area, there may be a fully functioning prototype. Yeah, they just opened a big, big new factory in San Jose, and they're keeping it very hush hush, um, very hush hush, and very whoosh whoosh. Yeah, I we just there's so many unknowns. It if it comes out and if it delivers on everything, it'll be a hell of a bike. If if well, maybe that's what the industry needs as a kick up the arse. I mean, my frustration is the Japanese manufacturers, the big four, are, are just drugging their heels with this i cannot believe that yeah. as we approach as we're approaching 2020 none of the big four have got really a viable electric prototype i, I feel like kawasaki still was working on one yeah i yeah, know but, but you know i you mean know what? I, kawasaki I like have got no damn excuse not to be working on them because they're I, such a giant company i feel like they're still reeling from the 2008 you know, maybe that's fuffle. true. I mean, you know, Suzuki like, is so damn broke; like, it's like, amazing yeah, they can uh, bring out anything. At what point do you keep being the first adopters for everything? You know, because yeah. that, that takes a toll on your pocketbook. And, I'd imagine. And, yeah, and Kawasaki put a lot of into developing the H, the H two and H two R, right? Right. So they may not be in a position to develop another all new, you know, electric. Okay. Bike so thing. we we we've discussed the zero. three. Yeah. We've discussed zero. We've discussed Energica and Lightning. Okay, so, so we're going to come... <laughs> now the, the, the elephant in the room, Harley, so and I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to be nice. Let's deal. Let's deal with what we actually know. Because we don't know a lot, but let's deal with what we actually know about right. this thing. And it is a Harley, yep. so it's Harley is going to go Harley's way, no matter what they do. And I know they've pulled some dirty deeds so far. Yeah, We're not going to get into what they did with Mission. Or Alta. Or Alta. But the, those two are kind of inextricably linked with the live wire. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, because you seem to think the platforms they got out there are old missions. We'll talk about that down the road. So here we go. There are a Harley lot, Davidson live wire. Tell the, me about it. There are a lot of things to like about it. Um, I, I personally. Um, I think it looks really neat. They actually it's they, great looking bike. They spent a lot of money to uh, to, you, to show it in the uh, the second Avengers movie, the Age of Ultron. Yeah. There's a little flash mm -hmm. real quick, and you can see the Harley logo for like a frame. Probably cost them several million for that frame, but <laughs> right. uh, that's the live wires. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really good. Um, what you were asking me a question? What was the? Oh, no, tell me okay. about it. So, so it sounds good, looks good. Um, that has a you know big color screen on it, and they're touting this and that, and they're they're really really telling you how great the brakes and the suspension are going to be. These are quality brakes and suspension, right? Because it's got Olins on it, and it's got Brembos on it, and but they talk are all about the, all the good stuff. It's got it's got the but, goodies. The but goodies. they have been extremely secretive on the stuff that matters to the EV folk. Like what is the tell us about the battery. What is the specs on the battery? Hmm. They're keeping that under wraps. We don't know who makes what. You know, the other 
the controller and the other parts of these things, these will be very, very telling. But right now, we don't know. And the stats they've released are, are vague. They're vague, and it leads me to believe that it won't have m- as much of a range as the other competitors well, out there. There's two ways to look at this. <clears throat> um, it's a brand new product. Traditionally, Harley are quite secretive. You know, that Porsche-designed engine they had... In the V-Rod? The V-Rod, they were very secretive about that. Everybody knew it was coming, but they were very secretive about it right up until the end when the specs came out. So them being secretive about this bike is not unprecedented. It could be them just being secretive. I mean, you can share with me what you told me, because you have a theory. And bear in mind, this is all it is. It's a theory. But you told me you thought there were five-year-old Mission platforms, didn't you? Well, Mission, I believe, made a lot of this uh, for Harley. They they made 150 bikes uh, about five years ago, and then Mission went under, and the bikes kind of disappeared to a warehouse somewhere. These could be those bikes that they've had Ulta shore them up and and fix some stuff on them. But the components that... It's it's entirely possible that these are five year old batteries that have been sitting at full charge and and well, I mean, hang on. Rumors. Even if you go, rumors, even, even if speculative. it is speculative, yeah. and, and I want to make sure that we know yeah. that this is speculative completely. But if that's true, it's not just the fact that the batteries are five years old. This is five year old technology, which is a lifetime in IT. It's. There are other things. There, there's some questions that 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 you raise by looking at this thing. So, one of the big things they're touting is that it has level three charging. That's a full charge, and they're saying between twenty and you know thirty minutes. And that's right. fine. That's excellent. The level two charging on it is almost non-existent. It is the same speed as the level one, the wall. That is to say, if you were to go to an EV station, you would have to be there for a full charge for like 10 hours. And, you know, that surprised me out of everything you said, because if the Italian job, which is small, lightweight, Ducati competitor, can offer... Three times the power. Three times the power, and it all boils down to real estate. I mean, a live wire is not a small motorcycle. No, no. So where's the space? <laughs> what What's using up in the space? The, 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 the I don't know, they're expensive brakes. They're very proud of their brakes um, <laughs> and, and the suspension. That, that's what they keep touting is the, the brake. They, they keep using those. Like, well, I think, I mean, you know, it's it's... If you buy, when you're in Jixaland, let's let's deal with Jixaland. Um, and Jixaland's a, no, don't smirk, Henry. Jixaland's a nice place. I like Jixaland. Um, you mean eBay? Well, um, no, new Jixaland. I mean, you can buy the top of the line. Land of happy squids. Yes, exactly. Bladed handlebars. You can buy the top of the line Jixa, and guess what? They're very proud of toting the fact that it's got Brembo anchors on it. What is what is the top of the line? cost oh god 12 no it's it's yes yes the live wire whatever the live wire retails for thirty thousand dollars yes it is the most expensive yes electric motorcycle um yes being offered by by anyone right now yes and they're really really keeping the the numbers on the things we want to know about a secret the numbers they have released are 
lower than the competitors. It has it, it, even from Harley's, you know, marketing numbers are significantly lower than everyone else's numbers in terms of range. That would dovetail into the fact that it is an old-fashioned platform. Could be. If your theory is true, Could and be. bear in mind this but is this is a theory. One of the major problems is the level two charging is so anemic, and I cannot stress to you enough. I looked at PlugShare; there are eighteen level two entries for Santa Cruz, one level three. One okay, yeah, right. There is one place to charge in this town at, at, at for for those speeds. There are eighteen other options, and those those eighteen places might have anywhere between one to five, you know, one to six Station. stations available. But the, the town is lousy with with level two charging. It's great. The zero has everything it can hope to, to charge up fully here easily. But head, but Harley are making that step. And installing level three charging at all its dealers. I don't want to go to a dealer every time I have to charge. Well, I but think, a Harley rider might. Well, and that—that's the valid point because remember, you're kind of buying into charge. the Harley lifestyle. You got to charge every day. And remember, every <laughs> you know single what? every single bike we've talked about has level one charging. So you go to bed at night, you plug your bike I mean, into the wall, well, and then it's charged up when you I, get up in the morning. I every single one of these bikes. I don't do that because electricity is so expensive here. Yeah. <laughs> it is so, I can't, it's cost prohibitive. It's ridiculous. It is It is too expensive to charge at home. It, right. That's because our electricity is upwards of 43 cents per kilowatt. There's madness. There's no reason why it should be that. Much. That would be like 6 to $7 a day if my battery was empty, which is absurd. Right. Yeah. But so I use free that, stations. That's just here. Yeah. And bear yes. in mind, our listenership is yeah. nationwide and actually worldwide. Yes. So the, the rules that apply here yes. don't necessarily apply somewhere else. Correct. And what I'm talking about is just options. Yes. So all the four bikes we've talked about, these are the four production bikes... And bear in mind, one of them oh, might not only, exist. Oh, more, only, more only two of them exist right now. Right. Um, so, but... Every single one of them has the option. If you've got access to cheap electricity... Now, I don't know whether you still can in England, but back home, you'd have this thing called... Uh, what was it? Off-peak. Oh, and, we, yeah, no, we used yeah, to do that here. They yeah, got yeah, rid of it. yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, and off-peak was uh, great because I, you get cheap electricity at night. Very, very cheap. Actually, I think they still do have... Yeah. Maybe, say, maybe, maybe in this area, but in my, in, in my area, they don't right. anymore. For, for PG, do you have PG&E? Yeah. yeah. Really? Because they for the they EV rate... Right. So, hmm. but in England, what you do is you'd have these things called space heaters, and they'd work at night when the electricity was very, very cheap, and then release their heat during the day. Yeah. And so, of course, if you're charging in electric vehicles at night, you're getting a very cheap rate on the electricity. Right, which is... Which and you may have that in other parts of America. So suddenly, the live wire in terms of... I'm not talking about the value of the product. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just talking about the cost of actually keeping the thing on the road might hmm. snap into focus a little bit more. Yeah, well, and, and mind you, this is how Zero operated for years. They only had level one for, for most right. of their existence. So if... If you want to treat this as a commuter that you uh, go, you know, uh, 20, 30 miles to work and then come back and charge it overnight and you want to do that with the bike, that it will it will do wonderfully. It will be great. I don't have $30,000 for a commuter bike. Yeah. So, OK, so what it comes down to is like I, th- I started thinking about how they're going to market this 
Harley's kind of mostly been known as, you know, the capital B biker motorcycle company. Yeah. So they're going to switch over to uh, the environmentally conscious They're making company. bicycles. Like, yeah, well, that's, no, there's, that's, that's part of the They're the, making the kids' bikes. They're, right. They're announcing left and right. They're announcing children's bicycles. Yeah, they don't have pedals. They don't have pedals, mind you. They just have pegs. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so they're... Well, it's their way of trying to get people yes. into the bar and shields early on because, you know, it's a struggling company. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional Hello. Hello, children. dealership is, or the traditional consumer base is literally dying off for them so they need new people i yeah it's it's some questionable things and there's other questionable things just about the live where i'm, I'm not trying to dig at anyone here no, no, i, I no, think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep this but if you look at the site um you know, on the, the stats of the LiveWire page or just things about it, Harley is very, very excited to talk about their app, which, you know, tells you, oh, we can remotely look at it and, and, and see if someone's messing with the bike or what. The FAQ has 10, 10 points. Six of them are about the app. Only four of the FAQ questions are about the bike itself. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're, they're promoting it. It's an IT-heavy product. So, obviously, that's important. They're making. Um, when's the next big announcement with Livewire? They they are hoping to ship in August. They they're going to release more information before. That. I hope and so. I I hope so. I uh, am hoping that we're going to see something of Livewire at AMA Vintage Days. Harley Davidson, are you listening? The, um, it's yeah. the perfect platform to show off a live wire and actually show what it can do. Hmm. Because I like, I've never seen one in the flesh. I'd like well, to at least see one. Yeah, it, but if you're interested in the stuff that's available now, please check out Zero's new SRF. It's oh, it's great, gorgeous. It comes in boardwalk red and dolphin friendly blue. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of a yeah. They got sea bright green. I think it's what it was. A sea bright. Yeah, and they have that. And the other one that's available, uh, you know, and available now is Energica's offering of the Ego, the Evo, which is a more upright. Um, okay. Uh, Okay, very good. And then the SASA nine; those are their three, and they're they're marvelous. You know, we've we've always been proponents of electric propulsion here at Recycle Garage because you know it's it is with forward thinking people, but there is a responsibility that comes with it is to actually give a decent product. I don't want to dip my finger into electric propulsion just for the sake of it. I need something that's actually going to get me down the road and get me down the road with a certain degree of efficiency. Um, and for me, it ain't—it just ain't there yet. Mm. Not production-wise. And I mean, I should point out that Morgan is riding an extremely heavily modified bike, mm -hmm. just as I do with my infernal combustion engines. Um, and to be fair, I actually do make battery chargers so i'm right. biased exactly so you know um you just gotta take a look at your look at your needs and, I, you know, and I, I think that's the key I mean, right as of right now yeah. if your needs fit electric propulsion have at it it's great yeah. any any one of these bikes is going to be a joy to ride oh yeah an absolute joy yeah so, and they are fun. But, you know, that's that's what you have to consider, though, is that if you want the flexibility of being able to charge pretty much every zero has the strongest option there. If you have a lot of CCS, uh, you know, high powered stations in your area, then you might look at the other stuff, too, because a, a full charge in 20 minutes. God, I mean, it's, oh, it's hard to beat mm -hmm. that. That's, you know, I, yeah. I've, I've said for a long, long time in order to move forward. The electric bike industry has got to move away from ride for an hour, charge for an hour. You got to it's, move away from that. It's like when I was when I was a kid, and Knock will resonate with it, and probably Henry too. We had uh, remote control toy cars that would mm -hmm. have fifteen mm -hmm. minutes of playtime and then four hours of recharge. Right. 
the electric bikes are sort of the adult version of that right exactly. now. Like they're doing it again. Like, yeah. are you serious? I, you know, I, oh, I thought we got rid of this with Tyco or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's could be absurd with with the now they're they're starting to catch up, but not everywhere has level three chargers. I mean, you can yeah. just look in your area on on like I said, go on PlugShare or something and look for CCS and find out that oh god, there aren't any here. So. Misfits, we've all got some homework to do, including listeners. Find out how many level three chargers you have in your town. I'm going to go home and clean carbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot easier. I'm, I'm just going to. I'm just going to. I thought carbs. Punch. Carbs were complicated. I am going to physically this. punch a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's our. Uh, what have we? So what have we done? We've talked about MotoGP. We've talked about electric yeah. propulsion. We've talked about what we uh, wanted to do today. We got a couple we got emails. Jim, Have we got? We emails. got him. We've got, got at email. least one. Jim's got some. You got oh, some. No, I was going to throw out a couple other things that are happening uh, this weekend. Is the Mint Four Hundred? Oh yes, immortalized in Hunter S. Thompson's book, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. The what Four Hundred? Oh, the, the Mint Four Hundred. I've never heard of it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a desert race outside Vegas. Hmm. Yeah, it goes starts from Prim, and Henry knows Prim, but God, from that's a the Prim town. It's yeah. It's, it's the middle of bump. We dude. have listeners so in it's the place you go if you're too cheap for Vegas. If you're too cheap for Reno, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucking cheap, man. It's cheap, but uh, anyway, so Knox like, where do I go? Do I, I'm there. But the uh, the Mint 400, it's pretty hardcore stuff. I'll just touch on it briefly. But it, it's desert racing, which which when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, it seems like fun. Then I watch it, I'm like, who the fuck wants to do that? <laughs> It's like so the Baja 1000 kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, Baja 1000, just 400 miles of, of deep sand and rocks and more deep sand. Oh, nice. And, uh, but, it, but, I mean, it's legit stuff. And uh, what I find interesting is so it's the first time in, like, I don't know, a long time they've run motorcycles. Uh, up until then, it's just been trucks, trophy trucks, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but it, it's, it's, ahead, it's bad at racing. It's it just... It just Hauling ass through the sand. I think your ideal machine is like a Honda 450, and yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's starting to turn the corner, right? Spring is just right around. Oh, Spring is coming, yeah. And so, like motorcycle shows and stuff are coming up, and uh, there's one that's coming up actually in Los Angeles called the uh, Outliers Guild Custom Motorcycle Show. Is that the, the OG? OG? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's happening Saturday, March 23rd. I think Friday 20 uh, the 22nd. Uh, 22nd is where the VIP people will go and do press shit but um if you're in that area check it out it seems pretty cool yeah thought about going i sent this info to Liza. and maybe we'll end up going seeing well, what's going on yeah the count like you said knock the calendar's filling up i mean yeah. we, got, we got the quail you've got the sacramento yeah. mile you've got I yeah. mean, just all sorts no, of to, stuff to me it's the quail that really kicks off the season uh, up here because you know it's true it, it's yeah. in may and also, Energica will be at the Quail. Um, they'll have a nice. You can check out some of their uh, their finest electric you, offerings there. They have an extremely handsome CEO. He gets oh Emma's, Ste- Stefano. Stefano. He gets Emma's uh, heart fluttering. Probably salt and pepper. Well, then day. he's the one who, who who let us know this. Pronounced Energica. It's not Energica. It's Energica. It's you must. Energica. It it's like no, no, no. You have to use your hands. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, uh, it's it's a, hard. You know. Yeah, I, I'm talking. But you can't see it over the radio. I'm the Energica. <laughs> well, while we're talking about, about Carmel Valley. Also today, I went down to uh, yes! Motor Talbot, and uh, big shout out to Rob Talbot and Motor oh. Talbot, which is a gem of a museum. It's located wonderful, isn't back it? in Carmel Valley, but he really is. It's cute. He Did he just put out his wares? And, yeah, so he just put out his wares, all his flat track bikes, and yeah, everybody. Well, it, it was it was flat track day at Motor Talbot, and mm-hmm. I think the headline thing was a taco truck. 
No, uh, nice. No, but it's <laughs> nice. cool. So uh, Bell Helmets also co-sponsored the event, so cool. they kicked in. So the tacos were only ten bucks for all you could eat. Wow, dude, uh, that's dude. Why did I come here? Just a Good bunch question. of tacos, man. But uh, but no, $10. it's where Rob just opens up the museum, and for ten bucks you get entry to the museum plus all you can eat tacos and sodas and water, whatever. Yeah. But he invites everyone in the area to bring down their flat track bike, whatever that might look like. Cool. So I cool. so I ran into a uh, Mike McCarthy was down there. He had his Harley down there. Not putting. Yeah, he's he's still doing a shakedown run on that. <laughs> yes, what he said. But uh, Clay was down there. Oh, Clay! You know, yeah, Clay from SFMC. He's oh, cool. he's bittersweetly unloading his barn of flat track uh, bikes. He had his CR250 that his son raced and crashed. He just sold it, mm. and he had a uh, God. It was a uh, some sort of a crazy 500 cc you know flat track bike he had down there. Uh, but it's cool. So it just Rob Talbot invites people to come down and show their bikes. So you've got you know like the RS600 and 750s were down there. Some cool Suzuki 400s. Um, just cool. interesting. Yeah, and uh, it's just fun because you run into people you know. I saw R1 Rich was there and uh, Bobby from down there and Greg and all those guys. So it was really cool. So uh, shout out to Rob. Thank you very much for putting yeah. on the event. Tacos um, and bikes. Tacos and bikes and inviting everybody down for a good time. So that was cool. So and MotoGP's firing up. So yeah, the motorcycle season is is surely coming upon us. And yep. I swear, if Bagel doesn't read this email soon, he's going to explode. The, the, <laughs> anticipation, <laughs> the, the anticipation on your face, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, there, here uh, it is. Are we ready? Uh-huh. No, because we haven't brought this this po- this podcast to a new low yet. Let me take off my oh, pants real God. quick. Okay, yeah, you might want to do that for this one. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is from. T- <laughs> Thomas Almeida. It's and, like, ooh. and it is titled Vibe Vibe Rider, It's Real. No, no, oh who my. who wrote this yeah. piece of work? Thomas Almeida. Thomas. Yes. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Thomas. He, he writes. Yeah, Hi, it is. Hey there, misfits. I have a funny story. <laughs> um, huh. Yes. A coworker of mine came across a device that reminded me of one of the Moto Bandito products called the Vibrider. <laughs> the thing. At first, I thought he was fucking with me until I saw it with my own eyes. The, <laughs> the bike had a hole cut in the middle of the pillion seat. All right. I'm going to stop you right there. We don't need to go any further. Thank you for the email, Thomas. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think got, we need go. to do go. Oh, my yes. God. We've got to go there. You can send that home with knock. In, yeah. the, in the middle of the pillion seat with a vibrator shoved into it, hooked up to 12 volts <laughs> of thigh-shaking power. Knock mm. uh, mm-hmm. is, is already ordering 12. Not only this, but the damn thing has an extra wire that picks up the signal from the coils and rev matches your bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I hate it because I didn't think of it I, yeah. I didn't know whether to laugh, cry, or sit on it <laughs> Don't worry, knock it'll fit All on, three It'll fit on your seat too, is not it, just pillion Is it cool they or fool? <laughs> That's a game we haven't played in a while Is it a cool or fool? <laughs> yeah. uh, needless to say, we drew straws to see who got the pleasure of working on this gem God knows whose jo- juices have christened that bike Oh boy Wait, they actually installed it at a dealership? Uh, apparently it was or on something? a bike that came into the shop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just rolled into the shop, mate. Oh, so that's the seat crunches when you sit on it. Oh. <laughs> I just wanna, like, like how do you how do you, you go up to the counter? Hi, I'd like to drop my bike off for a service. I want a dildo installed well, on know, the pillion. This goes well with the bitch oh, fell off. Let him, let him if if you just don't break eye contact, if you just 
insert Domino's. That, yes, <laughs> put it in the seats. Well, they weren't. Actually, you know what it is. It, it was already installed. Yeah, it, so, it, it, it was. Not, he wasn't having it put put it on the bike. Okay. It was already there. Continue with the email, please. I'm here for the bike in special seats. Okay, moving on. Moving on. I'm sorry, I bit. I just yeah. So he continues on a very different note. I just wanted to say that I'm finishing my first year of working as a motorcycle mechanic, and I have you to thank for the inspiration. Oh, well, really? shit. All you, right. You Sorry. Guys, <laughs> you guys were the spark to my gas that propelled me to the world of two-wheeled vehicles, and it's been a life-changing journey. Oh, fantastic. I started riding four years ago and promptly found your podcast. I couldn't get enough motorcycles in my life, so I decided to work on them, too. It's been a wild ride, and it just keeps getting better. I hope to someday find the time to get my booty over to the garage mm-hmm. and wrench with you and wrench with y'all. Sitting on a vibro rider. <laughs> no, so, wait, yeah. so Emma, can we get this installed in the couch? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been awesome to see the podcast develop and grow through the years, much as I have as a rider and a mechanic. Thanks right. for kicking ass and keep up the great work. <laughs> Cheers from Atlanta, Tommy Two Stroke. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. A whole new meaning to Two Stroke. Uh, <laughs> ring, ding, ding. And. Um, ring ding ding, <laughs> ring ding dong. Um, it's a pole star. So what do you have to say about that? Emma? You know, um, in my opinion, in my <laughs> humble opinion, <laughs> anything that takes away from the joy of actually being on a motorcycle, uh, anything that distracts you from that joy is full. That's enhancing. But this is for the passenger. No, oh. I mean the passenger has fun times too. Yes. Even more fun. No, do we, do we have what? another email we can go on to? No, I mean, I can, we can kind of wax philosophical a little bit on this. I think it's cool. <laughs> I think it's... Yeah, shit. Uh, I think Nox just found you, his girlfriend over there. I think it's kind of cool just if, because somebody you, thought, like, you know what? I'm... I'm I want my old lady to be happy when I get off the bike. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, all right. It's, I think I think you just summed it up right there. It's Mark. it's it's if, definitely a gift for your partner. If, right? if, like, if somebody gets enjoyment out of it, hey, sure. go for it. Yeah. And then they found the fleshlight built into the gas tank. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm so disappointed in this entire podcast. Is that, is that, is that attached to the coil so it sparks every time you oh, rev it? Oh, um, God almighty. It's a very happy couple riding that. I've hung out in really horrible bars. That, that, what, much? We might need to continue that in a different podcast. Yeah. Gentlemen, yeah. pull yourselves together, please. Got, a okay, little well, decorum. Okay, well, I got one more email little, here. Okay, very good. Uh, this is a tech one. Uh, you might be able to get this, Emma. This is uh, SP200 Problems. Hello, all. I have just bought an imported no, Suzuki. Just, stop, stop, stop. Wait, wait. Who is it from? Uh, From Tom. Hey, uh, Tom. In Leeds, UK. Hey, okay. Tom. Oh, Hello, all. Uh, Leeds. Leeds. Well, you know, knock to your accent. British accent. Hello, all. I just bought an imported Suzuki SP200. It's a project bike. Firstly... <laughs> It wouldn't run when I chinned off the choke, as it had a pod filter on it. Drilling out the main jet helped out, but it still bogs down. <laughs> if I open it, the pod will fall. Should I buy the right jet, or just keep drilling bigger? Oh, no. Second problem is... Drill, baby, drill. <laughs> second problem is... My oil is like grey soup. <laughs> So I changed it three times, and each time, it's always gray. It's air-cooled, so you can't be mixing with water. Water? Volta. You sound like an Australian that moved to New Jersey. 
Also, I adjusted the valves as it made a loud ticking noise from the head, but it didn't help. Should I tighten the cam chain? Thanks in advance. Okay. Tom, Leeds, UK. Hello, Tom. <laughs> we don't mean to make light of your cam chain, because that's very serious. Oh, God. Oh. Did, did anyone hear the email? <laughs> yes. <laughs> pieces. Walter. Oh, God. Walter. Um. All I heard was anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh god! Well, we did promise a shit. Show. All right, so um, yeah. so Tom SP two hundred, interesting little bike. Mm-hmm. Um, it has got a bit of a fatal flaw, and the two things are inextricably linked. Ooh. Um, it's quite a tall engine. Uh, the oil's got an awful long way to go from the oil pump up to the top of the cylinder head, and they do suffer a little bit from top end oil starvation. Mm. Um, it sounds like you got a flat cam, mate. And if if you've got a flat lobe on your cam, it'll be chucking a load of grey debris into the oil, which is why your oil looks like grey soup. That's just metal parts. Yeah, because I mean, no, I mean it's it's not white spooey stuff. Mm. You know, it's white. That's the the bike with the other seat. Mm. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Now the white spooey stuff is oil and water, but if if your oil's coming out like grey soup, that's metal and fine Mm. metal. And allied to the fact that it's ticking at the top. That's a flat cam, mate. You know, you've got so, a flat cam, you need to pull the lid off. And so, potentially, he'll need a new cam, rockers, yes. or at least an inspection of yes. those parts and just yes. replacement of those. Yes. And as far as the carburetors go, um, just get new jets. Now, did he say, it. I mean, your your accent, it was so authentic. <laughs> I, honestly, I thought it was like, I was getting... She was back home. I was I was back home, and the tears were running down my trouser leg. The tears were running down my trouser leg. Firstly, um, it wouldn't run... <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, it wouldn't run when I turned on the choke off as it had a fog filter on it. Drilling out the main jet helped, but it still bogs down if I open full throttle. Uh, yes. Should I buy the right jet or just keep drilling bigger? No, John, buy the right jet, please. <laughs> and the please, right the correct jet. But what about the fair filter, though? Well, you know, I mean, I'm not a great fan of pod filters. Yeah, I hate yeah. to say it. I hate, you know. So, so you, here's my question with pod yes. filters. We don't like them, but yes. on every race, like I was down at Talbot's today, every flat track bike had pod filters because on they it. they're racing. They're not. Yeah, because they're, they're racing. They're right. wide open. That's, they're at least like exactly. a 40%. Well, how do you ride, Mark? Come on, homie. You don't ride one <laughs> All through the run range, baby. No, you know, I mean. I got the whole deal. Um, no, SP200's got a. I think it's got a slide carb. If it's got a CV, you're toast. Pod filters and CV carbs do not work well. Mm. Um, and you will find that, yes, there's a pod filter on every bike down at Talbot's, but they're slide carburetors. Mm-hmm. And they have one job to do, is give maximum power flat out. So basically, you slap the pod filter on, you jet it so it's great wide open, mm-hmm. and Bob's your uncle, it doesn't matter. Here in the real world, we have different issues to deal with. And a pod filter flows so much air, even at small throttle openings, it's difficult to set it up so you get the mixture right at idle, right off of idle, halfway and at the top it's a progressive thing yeah. um, you can't beat the standard airbox so do what you want with the exhaust you can do what you want with the exhaust and you can just go up a little bit you know let's let's say your bike has a 100 main jet you can put a wide open exhaust on it maybe go up to 105 on the main jet you're great just keep the stock airbox 
with the stock air filter in it, it's the best. It really is the best. So you yeah. might want to check too for the <clears throat> the pod filters themselves, the fitting that uh, attaches to the uh, carburetor mouth. Can you do that in a British accent, Mark? In a carburetor mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? Yeah, I'm so very hungry. But uh, you make sure that the, yeah, the lip of the thingy, car... You had a thingy. Well, no, because you're talking about a velocity tube. Well, no, no. Potentially. What happens is like they have those inlet... Uh, the inlet Inlet uh, tubes in the face of the carburetor. You know what I'm talking about? The, yes. Uh, yeah, they could get obstructed by the lip of the yeah, they uh, can. tube. You see those, uh, for, right. the the uh, um, pot filter. Yep. So the those feed the jets. The feed tube. Yes. Yeah, the feed mm. tubes for the jets. And you can see if you look in the back of a carburetor, you see the big mouth. Mm-hmm. And then you still see the little feed tubes at the back. And sometimes they have jets, sometimes they have inserts, sometimes they have nothing. But basically, that is an air feed to either the idle or the main jet. Mm-hmm. But and I they like, need to be clear. And if you block them off, right. your bike's going to run like a three-legged horse. But beyond that, let's say you open up the the opening, so you open up those little holes. But, no. but don't you also have to calm the air as it enters the car? Yes, you got to slow it down. Right. So that's one of the things you lose when you eliminate the the air box. Right. Is that I can't remember that there's a there's Laminar an effect that's called. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the Lamina flow. Manama. Lamina flow. Lama flow. So, I mean, but don't you um, <laughs> kind of accommodate for that by a velocity stack or or a little, you know, yes. some sort of a bushing in between the pod filter and the right. carburetor itself? Shove a bunch smooth. of straws in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crush, crush I mean, there's all, there's all kinds of things you can do. In very, very old days in England, we used to move the carburetors back away from the cylinder head. Can you set in a <clears> British <throat> accent? No. <laughs> can, you, can you say it in a knock accent? Well, <laughs> in a knock no, we, your British no, accent. We, no, we used to put it in a cylinder head and <laughs> it, pull it back, and it was all great, wasn't it? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, no, but you could move. You could move the carburetor back, and so as the air went through the carburetor, then it had a long stack to actually accelerate before it went into the. They didn't do anything, but it looked great. <laughs> I'm going back to what I said on the majority majority of bikes on the majority of street bikes you can't beat the airbox mm-hmm. you cannot beat the airbox on an sp200 tom you may not have that option because that's an imported bike and i think it's japanese home market mm. so you might not have that option so you have to you might have to make do with a pod filter wow. so you're just gonna have to jet it to suit but it's seat to your pants stuff you know um the way to here's the way to jet a carburetor this is the correct method to jet a carburetor the first thing you do you've got to do is is set the main jet and the only way to set the main jet is you get it about where you think it is you find a nice quiet stretch of road you open the bike full open and you hold it for as long as you're able and you know 30 seconds is good but you don't have to be in top gear you just have to hold it open Oh, you're actually riding the bike, uh, yes. putting load on the motor. You're loaded. The bike is loaded. The higher gear you're in, the more accurate it's going to be. But you'll feel it. <coughs> you hold it wide open, kill the bike while it's wide open, coast to the side of the road, pull the plug out. Look at the plug. Is it white? It's white. It's too lean. Get a bigger jet. Is it black? It's black. Sooty. Jet's too big. Get a smaller jet. You get that right. That's step one. Before you do anything else aka a plug chop a plug chop you get it right now you've got to do the mid-range so you ride along half open throttle kill the engine pull over to the side of the road read the plug plugs white raise the needle plugs black 
lower the needle. Then you get that right. And the final thing you do, after you get those perfectly right, you set up the air screw. And you set up the air screw, you get the bike idling, and you turn the air screw counterclockwise or clockwise if it's at the front of the carburetor it's a volume screw um, and that just allows more mixture to get in so screwing it in makes it lean uh, uh, wait a minute screwing it out makes it lean and screwing it in and then if it's at the back it's a true air screw so screwing it out makes it fatter screwing it in makes it leaner so you get the air screw so you got the highest idle screw it down till you get about a thousand rpm idle Bob's your uncle. It sounds more complex than it is, but it is an all-day job yeah. because it involves a nice, quiet stretch of road, um, no intervention from the popo, <laughs> and it's just seedier pants stuff. It's harder on a four-cylinder bike because the way I do it on a smaller bike, I'll just stick a pocket load of jets in in my pocket and all the tools I need to pull the carburetor by the side of the road and I'll just be doing plug chops going up and down doing plug chops this crazy woman doing plug chops up and down the fucking street <laughs> right and changing the jet there and then you yeah. know if you're not comfortable doing that and you've got to go back to the workshop every time it takes longer <clears throat> it's time consuming but that's the way to set up a carb yeah, but then- Tom's got cam problems he needs to sort out his cam problems first yep yeah. if, you're, if you're ticking from the top end that's not the cam chop it's 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 a flat cam yeah and you know tall singles are notorious for for top end oiling problems and, and also check to see what the oiling problem is too if there's yeah. clogged passageways you know that's got to be dealt right. with as well because then you're just going to chew up the next cam so yeah. does that mean you have to change like new cam or can you machine the existing cam you usually certainly in england um there's usually lots of machine shops that can cut your cam um but you're going to need new rockers yeah. Um, I mean, they could hard face it and all that stuff. But oh, if you yeah, can, yeah. like, if it's, I'd imagine you could probably get parts for this online. And it's yeah. relatively cheap. Yeah, right? I mean, so. the good news, I think, I think, SP200 Suzuki, mm-hmm. I think that's the same physical engine size as um, a GZ250. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I mean, it looks like a dual sport. <clears throat> Yeah, but I think it's the same engine as a GZ250, but just smaller. So there's mm-hmm. an upgrade for you. It might be cheaper just to get a GZ250 engine, bung it in. Yeah. Because they're plentiful. There's, there, there's, there's like a gajillion GZ250s. There's your top tip. Yeah, there's a gajillion GZ250s everywhere. So, yeah, do the research. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> see what see what's out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I hate to give you bad news, Tom, but, yeah, if you set the valve clearances and you're still ticking at the top, cam chain noise on that's not a tick. It's it it's it's a, a slushing noise. It's much slush. Yeah. Slushing noise. So, there you go. Um, right. Tra-la-la. Yeah. Um, do we have any other business, boys? Yeah, I think that's it, man. We're ready to uh, get the fuck out of here, huh? Okay, well, as always, right. yep. um, I want to thank everybody for listening to this 90 minutes of complete drivel and wasting your time. But Oh, we, we yes? Before we go, we, yes. do, we do have a new date for the Moto Food Tour, do we not? Yes. March. I do. Uh, yeah, I it think it will it's happen. Twenty third. Yes. March twenty third. Yes. Yes. Because Unless we um, reschedule am, it again. Third I'm, time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. I am getting rather hungry, guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I am. I am getting jolly hungry. Rather, call this or, the, is, uh, or, or as Knox says, rat peckish. Rat yeah. peckish. <laughs> rat peckish. Sir. Oh, you rat. Are you rat? Pe- are you rat peckish? Sir? Well, I, tell you, I, I had some good Salinas tacos today. So yeah, man. Mm. Oh. You know, there is an old mm. Salinas saying that minutes spent in 
in the taqueria can mean, mean hours on the crapper. <laughs> I think that's Taco Bell. Oh, yes, it is. Um, so yeah. I, I, on that note, I think it's time to go. Yeah, um, thanks for listening. You can find our stuff at uh, MotorcyclesMisfits.com. And uh, many thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Oh, yes. you guys are As always. bestest. I saw some pictures on Instagram of our last Patreon pack winner. Oh, Dude, yeah? They scored. We've, we give out good Patreon packs. Yeah, so if you're shit. not a Patreon subscriber, become one. You know, buck, buck a month, too, but we love you all. We love all our listeners, but yeah. Patreon subscribers, we love you in that special way. All right. And it helps because Liza puts a lot, and, and Bagel put a lot of work into this. Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. Yes, they do. They really do. So, there it is. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Henry. This is Knock. Bagel. Emma, darling. Morgan. Naked Jim. We out of here. Cool, cool. Smoke weed every day. <laughs>